Greetings, friends. Good morning. I hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to the broadcast. Today we are going to try to start our week as we do most weeks with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're looking at Psalm, actually we're reading three Psalms today because they're so short. So we're looking at Psalm 113, 114, and 115. They're all like eight verses apiece. 115 is a little bit longer. And uh, I'm pretty much just going to read those all simultaneously, read them together. Then we're going to read, we finished 1 John last week. Now, 2 John and 3 John are both very, very short. Again, like 15 verses apiece or so. So we're going to read the epistle of 2 John and the epistle of 3 John uh, today. And John, just like really in his first letter, he really kind of continues to bring home those same ideas uh, that loving one another. He really emphasizes the importance of the pathway of truth and love. I would say truth is the center of what he's getting at with these two letters. Uh, he again emphasizes the importance of obeying the commandments. And then he re-emphasizes again something that he mentioned in his first letter, which is that if you do not know Christ, if you do not know the Son, then you have no relationship with the Father. You don't know Him if you don't know the Son. He brings that home as well. And so that is what's on the agenda for today, really a focus on truth. Something that just seems to be getting bombarded nowadays, right? In the world we live in, all truth is just being shattered and feelings trump facts and truth doesn't matter and the scriptures you know even many churches now teach that the scriptures are just good wisdom that they're not god breathed or authoritative or living but we know on this show and all of you listening to the sound of my voice that god's word is living that it's absolute truth and that it's god breathed so let's see if we can get some wisdom from it this morning to be encouraged, to be strengthened as we start this week. All right, let's begin. Psalm 113, 14, and 15. These are all praises to the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and His glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? He raises up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill, that they may set him with princes, even with princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house, and to be joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. You know, I just want to stop for a second and just acknowledge just kind of uh, 
sometimes we we think that the Bible uses kind of kid gloves, but really it's sometimes brutally honest. And we see this image here, you know, and if you've ever been in a place of deep poverty, and I have been, um, my early adulthood, I was struggling to find a place to sleep, trying to crash on people's couches, struggling to figure out how I was going to pay for food, uh, all of those things. I ended up living in this really terrible neighborhood where you share a little one-room bedroom in a house full of a bunch of strangers, and it's there's a common bathroom, like just some really, really, really deep lows. Um, and here he says in verse seven, he raises up the poor out of the dust. He lifteth the needy out of the dunghill. Okay. And if you've ever been in that type of situation, it really does feel like your life is covered with dung. And so the scriptures say, he lifts out the needy from the dunghill. I don't know. I love that. Maybe it's, maybe it's speaking to some of you. Psalm 114, eight verses here. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from the people of a strange language, Judah was a sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like rams, and the little hills like lambs. What alley thee, O thou sea, that thou fleddest, thou Jordan, that thou was driven back? Ye mountains that ye skipped like rams, and ye little hills like lambs. Tremble, thou earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which turned the rock into standing water, the flint into a fountain of waters. Psalm 115 Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of a man's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses they have, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them, so easy, so so is every one that trusteth in them. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord, he is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord, he is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord, he is their help and their shield. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us, he will bless the house of Israel, he will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. But he will bless the Lord from his time forth 
and forevermore. Praise the Lord. And that's the end of our Psalms for this week. I really like that beginning. Can I just read that again? He says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. And then he says this, verse 2, Wherefore should the heathen say, Where now is their God? You see, that's the attitude of the heathen of this world, and ever, ever more so even now, how, the, how they look at us, the believer, and say, Where is your God? You know, your God doesn't exist, right? But our God is in the heavens, the psalmist say. He doth whatever he hath pleased. Their idols, the heathens, is silver and gold, the work of a man's hands. And then he says, then he points out their ignorance, you know. They have mouths, but they speak not. They have eyes, but they can't see, right? They have ears, but they can't hear. They have hands, but they can't handle. They have feet, but they can't walk. And so is anybody, so is the situation of anybody who trusts us in them, verse 8. But then those of us who trust in the Lord, He is our shield. Those of us who fear the Lord, He is our shield. He is mindful of us. He will bless us. And he will bless them, both small and great, who fear him. It's a beautiful picture. All right. Let's try to get some wisdom from John, the Apostle John. We're reading the second epistle of John and the third epistle of John. Let's have a look here. And what's interesting is, you know, these letters, sometimes we forget, these letters were written to specific people, or they're written to specific churches. It's just like Paul wrote letters to churches, but then he also wrote specific letters to Timothy. And in Second John, he doesn't tell us who this woman is, but he's writing to a believing woman and giving some instruction. And we know that from the very first lines here. It says, the elder, speaking of himself, unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also they that have known the truth. Again, truth is the theme of this letter. Verse 2, for the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever, God be with you mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which he had from the beginning, that if we love one another... And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard it from the beginning, you should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. John is saying those... Religious people, 
who deny Jesus is the Son of God, they are anti-Christ. Verse 8, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that what we receive a full, that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is a partaker of his evil deeds. He's saying, hey, if they reject this, don't commune with them. Verse 12 and 13 to end the letter here. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. The children of the elect sister greet thee. Amen. So that's John's second epistle. Only 13 verses. But again, he's emphasizing truth. He's emphasizing that if you don't have the doctrine of Christ, of Messiah, if you don't believe Jesus is the Son of God, you're, you know, that's Antichrist. Uh, you don't even know the Father. And he bring, and again, he again he says, and this is love that we walk after his commandments. You see, I can't say I love God, but then I hate his commandments, right? Do I walk in them perfectly? No. But I do walk in them. And they're they're not a burden to me. They're my great pleasure to obey God. But you can't say you love God, but then it's a burden to walk after his commandments. You can't say, I'm a Christian, but then you don't love the brethren. That's what Paul's, or what John's getting at. Let's read the third epistle here, only 14 verses, and then we'll be done for this morning. Kind of a short broadcast. This is uh, to a person named Gaius. Verse 1. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Beloved, Thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote into the church, but Diaphras, Diatrophes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth. Pra- 
prating against us with malice words and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. So John's writing to this guy and he's, he's you know, admonishing him or lifting him up and saying, you know, I heard about that you're walking in the truth, which is the gospel, right? This is what he's getting at. You're walking in the truth that Jesus came in the flesh, that he died for our sins and that God rose him again. And so he's like, I'm so glad to hear, to hear you're walking in the truth. And I heard about this great charity that you've been having uh, and just you're doing, doing some great things. Um, I tried to write into the church and then he brings up this guy, Diatrophus, who, who loves to have preeminence among them, right? So he's one of these religious people who's just looking for position and, and to be praised and to be lifted up himself. And he didn't even receive the Apostle John. It says that he cast him, he says he would not receive us. But then John says, when I come again, I'm going to remember his deeds. You see, even, in the, even at this time, there was still this nonsense that goes on in churches where you have people who love positions and the praise of men more than they love to serve God. And so John's kind of bringing up this issue. And he says, look, it's just simple, you know, by people's fruits, you'll know what they are. He's, because he says, beloved, follow that not which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth evil is, or I'm sorry, he that doeth good is of God. But he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Again, actions matter. Actions demonstrate what you truly believe. Last three verses. And now he's talking to Demetrius. Verse 12. Demetrius hath good report of all men, and of truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record that ye know that our record is true. I have many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen right unto thee. But I trust that I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. So now we are done with the epistles of John. And they were short, and I, everything was kind of short today, but I hope that you've been blessed and encouraged and strengthened in your faith today. And... Uh, we have been given a renewed sense this week to walk in truth, to walk in God's commandments, to walk in love for the brethren. Um, you know, we all need to be revived sometimes. And in fact, I've been praying to God that he would cause a revival within my own heart and in my own mind. You know, sometimes we're just like, God, oh, we need a revival. We need a revival talking about our country or the world and those things are absolutely true but I think before we can even begin to impact revival in the world sometimes we need a revival within ourselves and a renewed sense of passion for the kingdom of God and for the word and for the mission something I've been reminding myself of as of late especially as I've been editing a, a new book that I hope that we can get out soon and I uh, should have more details on that shortly I'm in the 
editing phase now, not the rap or writing phase. But I've been reminding myself that, you know, there's a mission and we all have the same mission. And that is to further the kingdom. That is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to make disciples. And yes, it's different. We all have different skills and we've been given different talents and different resources and different levels of those resources and talents. But we've all been given the same mission. You may do it differently than I do. But we all have the mission to make disciples, to share the good news, to further the kingdom of God. And that is our mission. And at the end of it all, we'll either hear, well done, good good and faithful servant, or we're going to hear, you lazy and slothful servant. Right? I'm praying that I will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Um... Sometimes we just forget what the mission is. And we start getting caught up in our own personal life, right? Like, oh, what's God's plan for me? And we try to make it about ourselves. And, of course, we have a large portion of the church worldwide, or at least here in the United States, that really pushes that self-doctrine, right? The self-help, the health and wealth, and, you know, live your best life now, now type of stuff. But really, it's that we're supposed to take up the cross and follow Jesus, make disciples and share the good news, and that's the mission. None of us need to know what is God's plan for me. We just need to acknowledge that our mission, what our mission is, and God will take care of the rest. You see, Jesus said, if you seek the kingdom of God first, all these other things will be added to you. But often we try to do it in the opposite order. We try to seek these things. Well, if I just had it this way, if I just had this circumstance, then I could do so much more for the kingdom. Well, just start getting your hands dirty. And God will take care of some of those other things. Anyway, I feel like I'm rambling. I pray that you start your week off well and strong. And Lord willing, I'll be back with you again on Wednesday. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.